As the scripture has said, if you believe in me, what does the scripture say? I, the, the repentance must take place. We must see Jesus as Savior, as the Lord of our life, not just a, a good teacher, not just a, a butler that gets us what we want. Not God is not a cosmic ball of love. This is the Lord Jesus Christ, and we believe on him as the scripture has said. And then as a result, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water life-sustaining, life-giving, life-altering, life-shaping water. Thank you for joining us here at Westside Christian Fellowship, located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today on Regaining Lost Ground, we hear part one of a special message from Pastor Shane titled, Worship God in Spirit and Truth. Romans 12, 1 through 2 tells us, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. In today's message, Pastor Shane urges us to fall on our knees to Christ, repent of besetting sin, and walk in the power of God's Holy Spirit, resting in His goodness and faithfulness. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Eidelman. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, worship team. Great job. I love worship. I don't know about you. My name is... Pastor Shane Eidelman, I pastor a church in the Antelope Valley, uh, and I believe there's still hope for California, and we're, we're contending in that area. I actually pastor a, a church in a little tuck-back community called Leona Valley. Uh, if you know where Palmdale is, you just go west for about nine miles back in the rolling hills. It's just a beautiful area, and we are doing something different this morning. You ready for this? We are also taking this live stream into our church uh, so we have Westside Christian Fellowship is also watching this message live. We've got it on our different Facebook pages, Rumble, YouTube, Twitter, and uh, we just want to try it out to see uh, how that works uh, with our new simulcast system. So they are joining us as well, and I'm excited to be here. I have an important topic, though, that is really in, the, in this time, it's so critical, and that is the topic of worship. Worship. And then, of course, many of you know the famous verse, John 4, 7 through 26 is where I'm going to be. Worship God in spirit. Oh, we can't forget about that second part. And truth. Our culture, <clears throat> what you see happening around us is a direct result of walking away from the truth. The absolute truth of God's word. Truth rebuilds. Truth holds things together. It's the gauge. It's what, what we must look through uh, our lens of truth. And so when we worship God, it's through the spirit and in truth. And I want to, I want to unpack that for a minute, but as always, anytime you read scripture, this will really help you. 
Make sure you read it in context. Context. The Bible was not written with chapter and verses. It was actually just written, and then we added about 500 years ago. I'm glad we did. But you have to really look at the context of something because you can have it say anything. Correct? Sometimes, you know, when I'm preaching, people say, hey, don't you know you're not to judge? Don't judge. Well, you might want to keep reading. It says, I can judge once I get my own heart right. When I err on the side of grace and love and I remove the plank from my eye and come with the spirit of humility, then I am actually, I'm actually called to judge, to make discernments on what's going, what is going on in our culture. And so where we find ourselves is John chapter four, verse seven through nine. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. Now, we're going somewhere very important in just a minute. But again, I want to get there. And it's just interesting. Even Jesus was thirsty. And if we had time, we could go to a lot of different verses that really show his humanity and his divinity. Uh, he was tempted in all points, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, but was without sin. And so we see he was thirsty. There was a, there was a, a need there. And in, in our own lives, what you're going to see is I keep going, there's a physical thirst and there's a spiritual thirst. A physical, and, and they often parallel. As David would say, as a deer pants for the living brook, that water, that life-giving water, so my soul pants for thee. There's a hunger, there's a thirst, there's a desire. And if we could get the church just thirsty again for God, you might see a revival sparking up, especially in California, where there's a desire to get to church, to prayer meetings, to petition God, calling us back to holiness and, and repentance in these beautiful terms that sometimes we, we threw aside because we don't want to offend anyone. And if we stop to consider that we might be offending God, when we avoid these foundational truths, and he's going to talk here a little bit about long-term satisfaction. Of course, we know that water is just a temporary satisfaction. Anybody drink and then you get thirsty again. It's the way that happens. But with God, something happens that's a little bit different. You're thirsty, and you take of that water, and now you want more water. And I take of that water, I want more. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. There's an ongoing, the more I consume of worship and the Word and wanting to serve God, the hungrier I become for Him. So if you're not hungry for God this morning, it could be that you might want to look at your spiritual diet. And, and what are we putting in versus what we should be putting in. And then Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, who it is that he's saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. If you only knew, and I'll just make a confession to you. I'm, I'm, I try to gauge it down a little bit when I, when I speak at other places, but I get a little passionate, a little worked up. Because the living God has transformed my life. Shouldn't there be a passion? Shouldn't there be a desire? I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I hated God, but now I love Him. Shouldn't that, shouldn't that all-consuming fire also come out from the pulpit? 
There's a passion, there's a desire, and that's what I want to say. If you only knew, if you only knew, if you come and drink of this water, you will never thirst again. No matter what you're battling, addictions and anxiety and fear and depression and and what is going on in our world, just come and drink of the living water. If you only knew, the old saints would call it the fully surrendered life. Anyone ever heard of that? The fully surrendered life. And the woman said to him, Sir, I have nothing to draw from. Or you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Where do you get this? And I want to just encourage someone this morning that it's okay to question God if the heart is right. I'm not talking about the question like, well, I don't believe in this. If you're really real, show me. I don't think you could do that. They see the heart's wrong. Critical spirit. But if you say, Lord, I don't understand. Anybody say, I don't know what's going on in this country. I don't understand. Lord, I don't understand a lot of your word. And, and I, I don't understand why is this happening to me? Why am I doubting? Why, Lord, help me understand. See, that kind of questioning is good. And she had a desire there. Show me, Lord. Show me more. And you have to take action. She, she asked, asked the question. And if I had time, I would take you to the, the famous Bible verse that is so important. You have not because you. And we sometimes think, oh, that house, that car. I think it has more to do with just spiritual needs and knowing God intimately. And, and of course, having, you know, Lord, I need provision, financial situation. You know, um, Palos Verdes here compared to where I'm at, a little bit different financially, you know. So just saying, and so we see there's a, a difference there. There, 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 there's a, there's a, there's a asking, Lord, I need help. We ask not, we have not because we ask not. Could it be that we're not experiencing more of the power of God in our lives because we don't ask for it? Where do you get this living water? Living water. There's so much to say about this topic, but I want to just throw this out there. This morning, or whenever you're listening, are you stagnant, spiritually speaking? Are you, are you dry? And what does that look like? Well, there's really no hunger for the things of God. There's Bible's kind of boring I'll get to church when it makes sense. Worship is not really, you know, I don't know. It's kind of, I don't, I can't relate to those worshipers. And there's, there's a, there's a barrenness that sets in. I'm talking to believers right now sometimes. There's a, there's a barrenness that sets in when the Bible should be the most active living book on the planet. It is. The Word of God is active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It pierces. It divides. It is living. And there's a spiritual hunger. And when we don't have that, we become critical. Anybody ever been there? Or just me? Where I can become judgmental Jerry? Critical Kathy? And don't come up and let me know your name's Kathy or Jerry. I don't know anyone here. Okay, but if the shoe fits, wear it. But that, that critical spirit comes in, judgmental. 
angry, popping off to your kids, to your spouse. I'm just dry. I'm dry spiritually, God. That living water is so important. Jesus said, if you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. If you believe on me, as the Scriptures say, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. So does it not beg the question, where is this living water? Why are we dead in church? Why are there no excitement for prayer meetings and, and getting on fire for God and coming back to the truth of His Word and a zeal to witness? Here's another good thing. If you haven't talked about Jesus in a while, there's a good thing. There's, it's, it, that's a good indication that there's a spiritual barrenness to set in. And again, I'm not preaching at you or to you. I could sit in that, that pew as well. Or here you got chairs. I might mess up a little bit and things like that. So there's, there, when the barrenness sets in, and you know it, it's, it's spiritual death. Help me, help me remember who said this. I think it's pretty famous. Be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. Jesus is saying that there's a, there should be a hunger and a desire for more of God, a passion for more of God. And, and this whole concept, when I talk about in spirit and in truth, I'm not going to get into a lot, some, any controversial things, but I believe that the ne neglected doctrine of pneumatology is really affecting the churches. That's a study of the Holy Spirit, the proper understanding of the Holy Spirit. And when you're full of the Holy Spirit, guess what bubbles out? A love for God, a love for His Word, a love for others. You want to tell people about Him. And so spirit, spiritual barrenness is set in in the churches of America in many cases. That hunger, that, that desire, that zeal is gone. And as I often say, if you don't like what I'm saying, it's probably because you need to hear what I'm saying. The conviction of the Holy Spirit, don't ignore it. And she said, are you greater? Verse 12, are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well and drank from it himself and his sons and his livestock. And she, she, she didn't even see what he was talking about. Well, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. And this is a good reminder that your faith is something that is, we can't see it as you're trusting in God. You say, Shane, what, the spiritual hunger, I, I don't see it. You won't see it. It's not something you can grasp physically. It's an internal change of the heart. And then from that, there's that the passion, the desire for God. Those who worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And so Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, he will never be thirsty. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up into eternal life. Now listen, either the scriptures are true and there's a lot missing in the lives of many Christians or the scriptures are not true and deadness and barrenness is commonplace and the Bible really doesn't speak to it. And of course, you know where my position is. Scriptures are inerrant, inspired, the truth of God's word, the absolute truth of God's word. Times change, truth does not. We often say it's our logo. But think about that. 
thirsty again. You will never be thirsty again. And sometimes people misunderstand. Shane, I'm, 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 I'm in fire for God. I'm, I'm loving God. I'm doing, but, but I'm going through a challenge. I'm going through this. And this isn't, doesn't mean you're going to live a perfect life. It just means the void has been filled. I'm no longer searching for it in alcohol or drugs or this or new age or the occult or witchcraft or Satanism. I'm no longer, I have found the living water and I will never thirst again. My direction is crystal clear. My savior died on that cross on Calvary. He is my rock. He sustains me. He anchors me. He is the only hope in this world that has gone chaotic. God's sovereignty is my sanity. And that's living water. That's the living water. You will never thirst again. Once you, once you have that, that, that power of the Holy Spirit in your life, there's a love for God. I'm not, thir- I'm not going to go find and look for anything else. That's why the enemy pulls you away from God. He pulls you away from that fountain of living water. He, he, he pulls you away from that. And the old Shane Eidelman knocks at the door. Does your old nature ever call you back? Oh, remember those good times? Why don't you show me the bad times? He presents the bait, and then you take the bait, and then the hook has got you. That third, he, what I believe the enemy wants to do in the lives of most, most, most Christians is give them a certificate of non-operation. Anybody work at the DMV? Hey, I need to go get a certificate of non-operation. My car is going to be sitting in the driveway for the next couple of years, doing nothing, taking no one anywhere, no family life inside of it, nothing. And so if a believer, if he could just knock me out, I will not witness for him. I will not live for him. I will not pursue him. I will become critical and I will just live this life absent of the fullness of the Spirit. That's why there's a hunger and a thirst. But praise God, God doesn't say, you know what, in a couple months from now, as long as you follow this checklist, one thing can happen this morning. I'm going to talk about and give you one word, the most controversial word right now in the churches of America. It's why popular pulpits will not, they will not talk, they won't even touch this word. You ready for it? Starts with an R. Repentance repentance. I'm changing my mind and now I'm changing my direction. I was walking away from Christ, but today I'm leaving here with a renewed passion. Oh God, give me that fire. Give me that zeal. I'm repenting and I'm turning back to you and the fire of God could come upon your life again. That's why that famous hymn, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, uh, but now I see John Newton, slave trader. And of course, we look at John seven thirty eight. Whoever believes in me, this is so important. I don't know if you can see it up there. Whoever believes in me, here's the key: as the Scripture has said. Thank God they have that because I mean, oh, I believe, I believe in. Yeah, I think Jesus is a good teacher. I believe in God. I mean, isn't he everywhere and in the trees? And I believe that. No, as the scripture has said, 
If you believe in me, what does the scripture say? I, the, the repentance must take place. We must see Jesus as savior, as the Lord of our life, not just a, a good teacher, not just a, a butler that gets us what we want. Not God is not a cosmic ball of love. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we believe on him as the scripture has said. And then as a result, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Life-sustaining, life-giving, life-altering, life-shaping water. And I think, I mean, I get labeled this a lot. You know, Shane, you're just too extreme. You're too emotional. I'm not emotional. You're just emotional. Well, you express anger real well. Is anger not an emotion? You got pretty excited Super Bowl Sunday. Shouldn't we have an intense passion and desire for God? And as I tell people, I mean, some of you have never heard me, so I, you know, some of this stuff will be repetitive to our audience. But by nature, I'm conservative. I don't like when God busts my emotional bubble and I begin to cry or weep before preaching or during sermons. I've got my MacArthur study Bible. But when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you and Christ is an all-consuming passion and desire in your life, you will have a passion and a desire. He's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You born. Hello, this is Pastor Shane Eidelman with Regaining Lost Ground. It is such a privilege to be on the station and to be able to speak to you each week. And I want to just let you know of an incredible opportunity. We have actually taken all 12 of my books and made them available as free downloads at the church website. The church website is westsidechristianfellowship.org. Again, that's westsidechristianfellowship.org, and it's under free ebooks. So books on revival, books on prayer, books on fasting, even books on health and fitness from a biblical perspective. I've written books to young adults and teenagers, to men, books on marriage and how far our nation has drifted and how we can get back on track and really begin to seek the heart of God again. So all of those books, all 12, are available as free downloads at westsidechristianfellowship.org. And you can send those out to friends, to family in need. Our goal is to get this out to help people in certain areas that they are struggling with. For example, if you like a lot of the messages here from Regaining Lost Ground from Westside Christian Fellowship. The books actually contain a lot of the sermon notes, a lot of the illustrations, a lot of the stories, a lot of the scriptures, a lot of the points. All of those are in the books that you can download for free. The newest one, 40 Days to Reset Your Life and Oh God, Would You Rend the Heavens? They both focus on prayer and fasting and renewal and all these things that are so vital because without another spiritual awakening, I don't have a lot of hope for our nation, but I have a lot of 
of hope in God. So again, just want to let you know of this incredible opportunity at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks, and you can download the books for free on our church website. And again, this is Pastor Shane Eidelman thanking our listeners again for just the, the blessing you've been not only to me, but to our church staff from the emails coming in and the letters coming in on how God has blessed you powerfully through this program. And that is our prayer that he keeps doing that. It keeps bringing the prodigal sons home, that he restores marriages, and it begins to fill us mightily with his spirit. And we pray, oh God, rend the heavens and come down and visit your people again. And for all the latest on what God is doing with his ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. Such a time as this He's calling Wake up child It's your turn to shine Regaining Lost Ground is sponsored by the generous supporters of the ministries of Westside Christian Fellowship.